This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. 20 Acts chapter 20. And you say, Pastor, why are we in Acts chapter 20? I rarely do this, but oftentimes when I'm dealing with people, I know some things prick their heart. And yesterday, when we were dealing with the issue of Pharaoh and how the enemy tries to undermine the work of God, I got a comment in our comment section, which I think is fabulous, from my niece, Brittany. And she is one of those people who is newly trying to get involved in church and to grow in her walk with God. And it was very important to me what she had to say. And so many times when we begin to talk about things like the enemy and the devil undermining the work of God and things like that, the newer Christians definitely get very anxious and antsy. And that's normal because obviously a baby lamb is going to be more nervous than a older sheep and an older sheep is going to be more nervous than the shepherds are. And I always thought I always think about the young sheep when you're dealing with that and understanding that the enemy is at work and I want them to know that the enemy's at work and I want them to understand how to begin to look at those things with spiritual eyes and see those things, but understand who I'm talking about because when we're dealing with people who who are undermining the work of God and actively always undermining the work of God, usually they're not the new people. Now, they're eventually going to be new to somebody because wolves do tend to move on to other pastures where they can hunt better. But the truth is that new believers, people who are newly trying to figure out God's kingdom, uh, the truth is they're rarely wolves. Most of the time, if they have some kind of wayward thoughts about the kingdom of God, it's just because they don't know. They haven't studied God's word. They haven't done the Bible studies and the things that would give them insights. And it would be natural for them to feel that way, to feel like they don't know anything and they don't understand. And in fact, you know what? I understand that. I'm cognizant of that. And I want to make sure that you understand what I'm talking about. When Paul in Acts chapter 20 talks to the Ephesian elders, he mentions this savage wolves coming in to and not sparing the flock. They want to scatter it. And then they also do destroy the faith of some. And and what I want to show you is that Paul, first, before he does that, he gives them an example. He gives them an example of his life and his ministry and how he's lived it so that they can see, okay, this is how it's done. And then he warns them so that they can understand how, how to see those who are undermining the work of God, who are always contentious, always always causing trouble, always struggling for their own will to get done rather than to God's will to get done. And uh, you'll see, you, you, once you begin to look, you can see that. I'm not talking about people who come in and try to pull people together. I'm not talking about people who come in and try to build 
ministries and resources and things that God has to has for them. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a whole different group of people. And if you see somebody who has who has the uh, who has the attitude of the Apostle Paul in his leadership of the people in Ephesus, that's generally, that's probably not a wolf. Those are God's people coming in to do God's work. And any new church is going to have a lot of people that are gifted and called, and they're going to come in and serve God and be a part of it. And a church that's not open to new people coming in to learn and to grow, and then also new people to come in to serve and to be, because there are going to be a lot of people come in that come from churches, and they have gifts, and they know how to use those gifts. And uh, let me tell you, Lake Community Church has been sure completely blessed by having a lot of new people that have been serving God in a lot of great ways come in and serve God in our church. And we've had a lot of new people come in who have gifts and who have a great desire to use those gifts. And we put them in positions where they can use those gifts. And then we most of the time just have a lot of people come in and want to be a part. And that is a very important aspect of being a part. Let's read what Paul says about his ministry. And we can glean uh, if that's the heart and the desire of yourself, then you're probably not a wolf. And if it's in the leadership of your church, then they're probably not wolves either. It says, from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. That's the leaders of the church. And when they had come to him, he said to them, from the first day that I came to Asia, in what manner I was live, I lived among you. Meaning he made his life pretty much well known to everybody. He wasn't hidden. He wasn't, he had, didn't have his own hidden agendas. He lived publicly in front of them as so that everyone could see it. He wasn't hiding things in the corner. What he had to say and what he had to do was public. It was out there. And uh, leaders that come in, and they're not trying to hide. They're being clear and plain as to who they are. They talk about what they're doing. Those generally are not, just not wolves. They're people who are trying to serve the kingdom of God. Now, you can disagree with some theological point they have, or you might disagree with how they do certain things or their methodology. But the truth is, is that's not really relevant as to whether or not they're serving God in his kingdom and whether or not whether or not you think that they're doing it well. The truth is that's usually between them and God. It says serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials, which happened to be happened to me by plotting of the Jews, meaning they're usually under some attack. Church leaders who serve God are going to find themselves under some attack. These are not usually attacks from the wolves. These are usually attacks from those who think they know ministry better, but have never done ministry or never done it to any degree that was effective or useful for the kingdom. That happens a lot, and you'll see that a lot in ministry. He said, how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly from house to house. Notice they're regular teachers. They're regular doers. They're out there all the time feeding into people feeding into their lives, feeding into who they are. Now, these people cannot be elders. They can be people just out of coming from different places like we've had all over the country. And they, they, they're teaching, they're providing counsel, they're helping people, they're pushing people toward kingdom growth. And let me tell you something, when people like that come in, a lot of times they do get attacked. A lot of times they do, when that happens in any church, a lot of times people get jealous or whatever, and they don't like them. Let me say this. If I find somebody who I think genuine of heart, that I think really wants to bring the church together, bring the body together, teach God's word, teach biblical truth to people, help people, if I see that, put them to work. That's just the way it is. And we've had, wow, I, basically most of our ministries of our church today 
are being led by people who, who've done that. Those who sit in the corners and hide that and want to be in charge, but never, ever feed into anybody. You just can't have that. He says, how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks. Notice it doesn't discriminate against people. They're not, when we have all kinds, when we think of discrimination, we always think of race. And this is actually talking about Jews and Gentiles. So you naturally think about race. You discriminate. We want young people. Why can't we do it the way we always used to? All these different types of discriminations, discrimination, age discrimination. We ain't, we ain't them bad. That's not Baptist. I'm a Baptist. Stuff like that. These, all these categories we like to put ourselves in and, and all these things that make us comfortable in our little small group. Well, let me tell you, the kingdom of God is a huge kingdom. And if it wasn't a huge kingdom, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be, to tell you the truth, it wouldn't glorify the God of the universe who is mighty and powerful and large. And if you've got to have things just your own little certain way so that you can be happy, you're not involved in kingdom work because kingdom work is going to involve people that are rich and poor, people who are Baptist and Methodist and Presbyterian and Pentecostal and Catholics. Oh, oh my goodness, Catholics. Yeah, we're going to have Catholics come in, all that kind of stuff. It's It involves young and old. It involves God's work in every heart and every mind. It involves the Spirit of God at work all the time. That's what it's about. And uh, those who want to have their little holy huddle, their little group, their little group of people to be together, and that's just who I'm gonna who I'm gonna be with. But that just ain't gonna work in the kingdom. That's not kingdom work. That's just not kingdom work. Kingdom work is adding to their numbers daily because the Spirit of God's moving. And and Paul said, I wasn't, I, I didn't discriminate against anybody. Whoever wanted to hear the good news, whoever wanted to be fed into, I fed them. He said, and see, now I'm bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing what things will happen to me there. And meaning I, I know where I'm going. I'm going to Jerusalem to testify, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city that said that chains and tribulation await me. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy. What he's saying is my life's not important. What God's doing is important. My life's not important, but God's work's important. This is not about elevating me. This is about elevating the kingdom of God. And when you run into somebody who's genuinely concerned with the kingdom of God being pushed and the kingdom of God being elevated, they're not a wolf. They're not a wolf. If they want to see Jesus glorified, not a wolf. If they want to be glorified themselves, be careful. And I've got to be up front. I got to be the one. I got. I have a better way all the time. That's not how that works. Not how it works. You come in and and I've told people who I knew were leaders, who I knew were called by God, who I knew were, who knew been sent here to serve God. First thing I tell them, before we put you in any position of leadership or put you in any place, get to know the people, start loving on the people, build relationships with the people, all the people. And you ask the people who are in leadership of the church who weren't a part of that original group, if I've told them that, and you'll see I have invest in people, build relationships with people, grow in your relationship with the flock, prove yourself to them that you're, that you love them and that you have capability of loving all of them. And if you do that, I'm going to put you in a place of leadership. And you, and those who have come in and had those gifts and had those, those desires and wanted to be a part of that, and then they begin to feed into the flock, boy, they have blossomed as true leaders in our church. And the truth is those who don't, I'm not putting you in charge if you don't care enough to build relationships with the people. 
Uh, on Sunday morning, I don't sit over there in the corner and wait for the service to start so I can be in the spotlight. I walk around and talk to people and gauge people and figure out if there's any needs out there in the congregation. Pastor Terry, does he does he hide himself over in the corner? No, he don't. He's out there loving, out there hugging, out there building, out there investing. That's what the kingdom work is all about. And on Sunday morning, kingdom workers are going to be at kingdom work. And that's what happens. He says, indeed, now I know, verse 25, that you all among whom I've gone preaching the kingdom of God will see my face no more. He's saying, this is my last words to you. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I'm innocent of the blood of men. What he's saying is, I'm telling you today, I've done all I can for the kingdom. I'm not, I'm not, I've not held anything back. I've not had my own agenda. I've built the kingdom. That's what he said. For I've not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Notice, he said, I've taught the Bible. I've taught Jesus and him crucified. I've done that. I've given you the whole counsel. And I'll tell you, a lot of times wolves have these special teachings. They have had this new deep way of knowing God. And let me tell you, it's attractive to, to have this new understanding. And I'm the only one who knows this. And while there's 500 prophets over in the caves and they know the same thing that you know, let me say this. Those who think that they have these new teachings and these new understandings, they might. But the truth is that there's a strong likelihood that if I read books from three, four, five hundred years ago, it's right there in it. And he says, for I not shun to declare you the whole counsel of God. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Notice, take heed to the job you have. You have been made elders and leaders of the church. He says, take heed to that among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the flock. What does the shepherd do? Keep the flock together, feed the flock, water the flock, take care of the flock's needs, hold the flock in together, not separate the flock out, not allow the flock to be single individuals, to be pulled aside and tell them all your problems. And if you're, I love that, that scene in Saving Private Ryan, where one of the soldiers is talking to the captain and they say, why don't you ever complain about anything? Why don't you, why don't you ever whine to us about stuff? And he says, that's not how it works. Whining goes up the chain, not down the chain. Commands come down the chain, whining goes up the chain. He says, I don't whine to you. I don't tell you things because I whine to the folks above me. And that's how it works. If you've got somebody who's, who, who is wanting to be in leadership or wanting to serve, and they say they've got all these gifts and all these things, and they're always whining to people around them, they're not uh, putting themselves in a position for leadership. They're not. Quit whining to folks around you. Let's talk about uh, send it up the chain and let's get it going. And by the way, if you're always doing that, getting folks off to the side and causing dissension, if you're divisive and every, all the time, you better be careful. And if you're dealing with someone like that, be careful. They Be careful. And that's all I can say. Has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Savage wolves, what, how do wolves operate? They scatter the flock, they get the weak alone, and they eat them. And the scattered flock is in panic, and the scattered flock can't learn to grow. All they can think about is where the wolves are. And that's exactly what I was talking about with one of the ways the enemy undermines the kingdom work. Is he sends in those people who don't build the flock, who don't grow the flock, who don't pull the flock in together. He sends in those who want to scatter the flock. And, uh, and you can recognize them. And if you're a young Christian who's trying to figure it out, you're probably totally wholly incapable of being a wolf, okay? 
And if you're someone who is always wanting, but never, ever serving, I'd get to serving. If you want to be, if you want to be in a leadership in the kingdom, in kingdom work, you got to have the heart that the king has. And that's to love the people and know the people and build relationships with the people. You've got to, you've got to feed the flock. You got to be a part of what they're doing. You got to show up and work when it's time to work. And you got to show up and love when it's time to love. And you got to show up and worship when it's time to worship. And you got to do the kingdom work. And when you do that, let me say this, God's going to promote you quickly. I've seen a lot of people who weren't all that knowledgeable and weren't all that knowing and didn't have those gifts that we talk about or didn't understand how to use them. And boy, they wanted to serve God and they loved God and they chased after God and God promoted them quickly. He taught them a lot. He taught them how to use their gifts and he used them to build his kingdom quickly. And that's very possible for a lot of people. And it's possible for the kingdom work that we've got going on at our church. But if you're not from the area and you're watching this from from all over the country or for, from wherever that is, if you're dealing with all that kind of stuff, I would say to you, listen to me. Go find a place that's receiving of young people who are young Christians who are trying to figure out what's going on and find you a place where they're looking to take in people who want to be a part and want to actually do ministry and serve God and search and search until you find it. Don't wait and don't whine and cry about it. Go out there and find where God is moving and get involved. And that's the best thing I can tell for someone who is a young believer, someone who's new to the faith. And remember, a young believer can be 60 years old. Someone new in the faith, new in the walk, and and trying to figure out where uh, you're supposed to be. Find someone, find somewhere where they're looking for people to love and people to help. And then when you get there, you start loving and helping too. And if you'll do that, let me say this, you'll be right in the middle of the right flock and you'll be right in a part of the kingdom work and you'll be doing exactly what God has for you to do. And you'll be fulfilled and you'll grow and you'll become all that God made you to be. And I expect that for you. I pray that happens for everyone within the sound of my voice, either today or weeks and years to come. I pray that you'll find your place and that you'll begin to love people and serve God there. And I pray that in the name of Jesus. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.